Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. It's Wednesday the 27th of November. Coming up, celebrity chef Gary Rhodes dies aged 59. His accomplishments were absolutely tremendous. I mean, he, he was a leading light, wasn't he, in the world of celebrity chefs. Dramatic rise in child cruelty and neglect. Every child has a right to be loved and protected and to be kept safe. There's no excuse for neglect and cruelty. And new fund supporting victims of domestic abuse. These organisations do great work in that they do the crisis work, but they also spend a lot of efforts on preventative schemes. Kent Online News. First today, Gary Rhodes has been described as a leading light by his former Kent school following his death. Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay are among those paying tribute to the celebrity chef who grew up in Gillingham and passed away in Dubai last night. He became a household name on TV in the 90s and noughties and was known for his distinctive spiky hairstyle. I've been chatting to Paul Morris, the chief exec of the Howard Academy Trust in Raynham, where he studied. He says he was an inspiration. Absolutely uh, devastated. Uh, the people at the school uh, were always proud of his uh, accomplishments uh, and what he'd achieved in his life. Um, we were very, very upset, uh, but obviously our thoughts go very much to his uh, family and close friends at this time. Of course, he, he was a student at the, the Howard School during yes, his was, time. Yeah. What can yeah. you tell us about his time there and, and any uh, memories that you can share amongst well, the staff? In the, in the, and I suppose with those, those, those people uh, that, that remember him here, uh, remember him, him fondly, uh, we never realised that he, he, he'd go on to uh, such, such great, uh, great things. Uh, and, and would achieve uh, so, so so much. Uh, I think he enjoyed his, his time uh, at the Howard, and uh, as I said, he's uh, fondly remembered. And you touched on it there. I mean, he went on to achieve an abundance of wonderful things, you know, yeah. fronting shows like MasterChef, Howard's yeah. Kitchen, really establishing himself as a, yeah. a top-class chef. I mean, what do you all make of how well he did? Well, his, his accomplishments were, were absolutely uh, tr- tremendous. I mean, he, he was a leading light, uh, wasn't he, in, in, the, uh, in the world uh, of uh, celebrity chefs. And, uh, well, he was a genuine chef, actually, went to, to his restaurant, uh, uh, w1 rose w1 and uh, had a great meal there and it was it was super to, to have it prepared by by an ex howard uh, pupil and from the school's perspective i mean yeah. how how proud are you of how well, of what he achieved uh, extraordinarily uh, proud um, his accomplishments were were, were absolutely uh, amazing and there have been you know a, a flood of tributes coming in you know from the likes of gordon ramsley ainsley yeah. harriet describing yeah. him as a culinary icon for example yeah. i mean it just hi- highlights how much affection there is out there for him in yeah. the world yeah he was much loved here very fond very fondly remembered and and again considering himself uh, you know an alumni of the school do you, do you think he's someone you described a leading light, someone particularly for students to be inspired by. Yeah, I think he has done. I mean, there, there are uh, there are people here who want to be the next uh, Gary Rhodes. Um, that uh, but, you know, particularly being local and coming from from, from the Howard, uh, obviously they have a natural uh, aspiration uh, to to be uh, to achieve as much as he's achieved. You can also read tributes on our website, Kent Online News. There have been emotional scenes in Vietnam where relatives have received 16 of the 39 bodies found in the back of a lorry trailer near the Dartford Crossing. Crowds of mourners have been gathering in a rural town in the north of the country. Families have been speaking of their sadness but also relief at being reunited with their loved ones. 
At least three people have been charged following the discovery in Essex last month. A Maidstone couple have admitted hitting a toddler in the leg with a BB gun after claims one of them was trying to hit a nappy. The 21 and 24-year-olds both pleaded guilty to common assault after firing the weapon in October last year. They've been bailed and will be sentenced in January. A Kent election candidate told police a threat's been made to burn down the house of her campaign manager. Hannah Perkin, who's standing for the Lib Dems in Faversham and Mid-Kent, revealed on social media she'd been threatened while on the campaign trail. Now, there's been a dramatic increase in the number of child cruelty and neglect offences being recorded by police in Kent. Figures from the NSPCC shows officers dealt with 511 crimes in the last 12 months. That's more than treble the amount five years earlier. Cases included parents or carers deliberately neglecting, assaulting, abandoning or exposing their child to serious harm and unnecessary suffering. Across the UK, there were more than 20,000 of these cases last year. Tony Hudgel, who's now five and lives in West Morling, had both legs amputated after being abused by his birth parents as a baby. His adopted mum, Paula, has been telling their story to Sky News. Back in uh, 2015, my husband and I were foster carers um, and we'd been asked to look after um, a little boy called Tony, who at the time was uh, four months old. Uh, We were only told that he'd um, had his limbs broken, um, hadn't actually been told exactly how poorly he had been. Um, So in February I went to meet him and then found out his full story. Um, At five weeks old he'd had um, all his limbs broken, uh, dislocations of his ankle, his toes, his thumbs, uh, multiple fractures. Um, And he'd been left anything up to 10 days. Um, And by that time, his poor little body had just sort of given up. Um, He developed sepsis, toxic shock, multi-organ failure um, and ended up on life support. Um, If it wasn't for the amazing NHS working so quickly and tirelessly on him, he literally would not have survived. Um, When I met him that first day, he'd already spent three months in hospital. Literally, they never thought he would survive. Um, He was tiny, he was broken, um, shut down, withdrawn. Um, But we took him home and decided that, you know, we would love and protect him. And um, that's how it sort of went on. Uh, We were told he wouldn't reach milestones because it was unlikely he would sit, uh, crawl, walk. Um, And because there'd been a mass on the brain as well, they were unsure how much brain damage had been caused. Um, But we went on to adopt him in uh, March 2016 Um, and sadly in 2017 he had to have both his legs amputated um, purely because the damage to the bones um, was so great that he would have never ever been able to use his legs. Once we adopted um, Tony we then... um, found out that actually the CPS weren't going to prosecute his birth parents, uh, that they had insufficient evidence. Um, But we pushed through and we managed to get them to court and they were both sentenced to the maximum sentence of 10 years um, for causing or allowing serious harm to a child and 
five years for child neglect um, and failing to seek medical help. After that, we've sort of pushed through and done various campaigns. We're actually now pushing for a new law called Tony's Law, um, which, as the sentences stand at the moment, the maximum if a child survives is 10 years, if a child dies, it's 14 years. Um, but if it had been an adult and it would be GBH, they could have ended up with a life sentence. So we're actually pushing for Tony's Law at the moment for sentences to truly reflect reflect the crimes that are committed and also call for a register for child cruelty cases um, for any sentences over 12 months because uh, at the moment as it stands there's no register um, so they can go on to have more children um, and you know obviously not be in the system to know they can move in with people that have got children they can work with children um, and it is known that quite often um, people convicted of child cruelty then go on to cause more child cruelty. So this is extremely important, especially with the new figures of the NSPCC that have come out today that actually the figures have gone over 20,000 this year, um, which is totally disturbing. Beginning of the year, we went to Parliament where our MP handed over 12,000 handwritten signatures um, calling for this um, change in the law. And then in February, um, Tom Tugendhat read out the first part, which was the 10-minute bill in Parliament calling for Tony's law. Um, it's been a bit of a shame with everything that's gone on with Brexit that actually it's sort of slightly been put on hold but it hasn't there's been lots of meetings with barristers cps um, as to how we can move forward with this um so we, we we won't give up we will fight that you know there's more protection for children and for cases of um child cruelty you know he, he may have lost both his legs but nothing stops him he shuffles around he, i mean he uses a wheelchair but he likes to be very independent um, he shuffles around, climbs everything, does everything that a normal five-year-old would do now. Um, he started school in September, mainstream school, settled in extremely well. Um, I super exceeded all their expectations for him in the, the first sort of term and a half. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just an incredible little boy, uh, full of life and um, doing very well and extremely bright. <laughs> We are sort of working at the moment um, with what we call stubbies, which are very, very short prosthetic legs. Um, but due to the injuries that Tony suffered, um, even though his amputations were through the knee, his legs are very different in length because the growth plates were all damaged from the um, injuries. He's got part of his hip missing from the injury, from fracture, and then the infection setting in. So we have lots of added issues not making it straightforward for prosthetics but hopefully one day um, he will um, he's certainly got the fight and determination to I actually have uh, seven other birth children so yeah Tony Tony's our baby when we took Tony on and when we actually made the decision that we would wanted to adopt him that we couldn't part with him it wasn't just mine and Mark's decision it had to be the decision of the whole family um, because Mark and I are older parents you do worry 
that you know what will happen to Tony if we were no longer around and but they all the older ones um were absolutely you know we would look after him he's you know he's our brother we adore him there's no way we want to part with him either every child has a right to be loved and protected and to be kept safe you know there, there's no excuse for neglect and cruelty people have other options you know if if, if they cannot cope or manage there are other options out there the nspcc has launched its lights for every childhood christmas appeal which last night saw battersea power station in london lit up green kent online reports drivers and passengers in eight cars have been rescued after getting stranded in floodwater near tunbridge firefighters were called to coppings road in late this morning the vehicles had got stranded in two feet of water and the road had to be closed it comes as several flood alerts have been in force across Kent today following heavy rain overnight. The Environment Agency were worried about high river levels around Ashford, Tenterden, Tunbridge Wells, Edenbridge and Staplehurst. They've urged us to avoid low-lying land and roads close to the water, especially in rural areas. Meantime, you can now sign up to get automatic flood warnings for Kent sent straight to your mobile phone. It means you'll get a text if your area's at risk, with advice on what to do to prepare and stay safe. People on Vodafone will be signed up automatically, but anyone else can register for the alerts. Next, a Kent charity says they're seeing an increase in demand for calls to support women and girls affected by domestic abuse. It comes as figures show 34,765 offences were reported in the county in the 12 months from September 2018. The Kent Community Foundation have now set up a special fund to help projects trying to tackle the issue. Natalie Smith is from the charity. The Women's Fund is focusing specifically on projects in Kent and Medway that are working to support uh, young girls, young women, older women in a variety of ways um, around mental health, domestic violence, um, anti-gang work, a whole whole raft of issues essentially. We've been thinking for a while that it would be good to have something focusing specifically on those issues because um, women's issues sometimes tend to get a bit lost actually in in the grant making that we we undertake but specifically we um, had uh, funding from a national funding scheme the tampon tax community fund which we ran last year and we are also running this year and it was so hugely oversubscribed that we realized there was a real need out there in Kent and Medway that actually we weren't meeting so we thought we would put our best efforts into trying to pool resources and bring funders together who would be interested in in uh, resourcing a, uh, a women's fund. So essentially that was the, the motivation for it. The Tampon Tax Fund last year funded, uh, out of 11 uh, grants that we made, five of them were specifically around these sorts of issues, domestic violence. Um, and we have a similar number applying um, this year. So the, uh, in, in fact, an increased number. So the demand is is definitely there and it's not certainly not um certainly not diminishing i mean these organizations do great work in that they do the crisis work but they also spend a lot of effort on preventative schemes so they go into 
uh, secondary schools, even primary schools sometimes actually, sort of year six children, and talk to children and young people about what a healthy relationship is, what it means, what it isn't in terms of coercion and control and abuse. So they're starting with um, young children, boys and girls, um, at a very young age in order to uh, try and prevent domestic violence ever ever kind of materialising so they do some really excellent work one person suffering domestic violence is, is one too many really um, but you know they're, they're doing really good work to support uh, people coming out the other end of domestic violence and as I said to try and uh, educate our young people and uh, prevent it from happening in the first place so um they're doing really good work, although it is it is a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. It really puts a spotlight on it, doesn't it? It really uh, kind of draws attention to the fact that it's a massive need in our in our community, um, and that it's unfortunately uh, it's it's probably not going to go away anytime soon. Um, so, yes, anybody wanting to support organisations working in this field should um, should consider consider our women's fund because it's a great way to make a really practical difference actually in the lives of um you know people who are suffering with this situation kent online reports the government is going to be asked for 20 million pounds to help create a new city center in medway bosses are coming up with a master plan to regenerate chatham with designs expected to be published early next year Empty shops in the high street are being considered for a revamp and there are proposals to convert to the Pentagon Shopping Centre. Police are investigating after a 4x4 towing a stolen caravan ended up in a lake near Sittingbourne. The vehicle was found partly submerged in the water in Kemsley. The caravan is going to be returned to its rightful owner. Staff at a store near Maidstone have defended their decision to stick pictures of alleged shoplifters in the window. At least a dozen CCTV images have been put up at Londis in Cogsheath, showing the faces and sometimes names of people accused of stealing goods. In our poll at kentonline.co.uk, 95% of you said they're right to do it. Kent Online Sport. Football and Maidstone fans are celebrating after they made it through to the first round of the FA Trophy. They beat Dartford 1-0 away from home last night thanks to a goal from Iffy Allen. Maidstone head coach Hakan Hayretten spoke to Craig after the match. Second half we deserved it. We weren't uh, particularly, well we weren't as bad as what we was on Saturday. We were better in the first half but still we weren't as good as what we can be. And uh, we, we addressed that at half time and we showed a lot of character, a lot of discipline especially going down with 10 men. I think we've done ever so well. Good goal, great run by Seydou, great finish. And then you, we saw the other side of our game where we got to defend in numbers when balls are coming into the box. And we, and we thought, was, I thought, I thought Ryan Johnson and George were outstanding. I thought Ryan Johnson was outstanding. Right? Outstanding. Yeah. George got and a lot of in the air. Yeah, no, all, all the back four, but I thought them two, Ryan Johnson and Hoyty, defended ever so well. But as a team, as a group, we done ever so well second half. And we, I think we, de- we, we deserve to win. Funny one for Ify Allen because he, he came back in the side and he probably barely touched the ball in the first half and then he sticks in one like that. I think... Like we <laughs> sitting there and toying who's going to play in that position, and no one's particularly stood out for us. So it's just, you know, I think being fair, John said let's give each one of them a go, and which we're doing. You know, they've all done okay. If he took a great chance and a good goal tonight, so we were happy with that. But he worked hard without the ball, which is important. I think sometimes when you come from a different team and they have a different way of playing, and people find it, players find it hard. But 
I think he worked really hard tonight without the ball. I think some of his defending was good, some of it could be better, but he done well. Has he put himself in pole position with that? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Despite their victory, Maidstone's head of football, John Steele, has criticised Dartford manager Steve King's behaviour on the touchline. I think there was a certain individual on their bench. I thought his, I thought his behaviour was disgraceful. I don't. I thought it was disgraceful. Um, got to get behind your own team. You've got to push your own team. You've got to um, sometimes say things to referees and, and uh, linesmen and fourth officials and all that stuff. But I just thought... His comments, I thought, were, were embarrassing, to be honest. I really did. I thought it was, thought it was embarrassing. Um, but he has to live with that. Mm. We don't. So, And you know, the pleasing thing about this is we, we didn't play particularly well at our place. So I don't think we did, if I'm being honest. Um, and we were better today. But they still couldn't beat us. So we've played three games against them in a short period of time and so I'm quite happy with that and then you know what in the Cups you know I thought Dartford as a team I thought gave everything they had yeah, I, I, sure. I, I thought that they credit were to a credit to their, to their club all the games have been proper local derbies I think it didn't have the quite atmosphere today because the amount of people but I thought they were a credit to their club I thought every one of their players give everything they had uh, we battled hard in the second half we got a good goal other than when we had 10 men, I don't think our goalie had, had too much to do. But in the Cups, as we've said all along in the FA Cup, you just got to win. You know, and when you see teams of higher levels go out to teams at lower levels, you know, you're just grateful it hasn't been you. And as I said, we, we, we've come through it, you know, a bit tough. Um, but we played against a team that gave everything for their football club and they, they should be proud local of what they've done. As well. yeah. The other thing's holding on to a lead. I know, I don't know if it has got in people's heads a little bit, but it's to, to sort of show it, that... It gets in the head of the week. Because when we analyse them, a lot of it is individuals. And when individuals sometimes make mistakes, you try and take it, but you can't coach it. Uh, but once, you know, I think we overcome a hurdle, we overcome it. It, didn't, it wasn't anything that give us sleep this night, other than talking to players about individuals making the right decisions. And I think that's what it is. Yeah. And you stressed how important the trophy was to you as well, wasn't it? I mean, you said it would be a strong team, and it was. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, for teams like us, we play in the FA Cup to get a great game, don't we? A great game or two, maybe. We're playing this competition to win it. <laughs> win it. And we was talking before, we've been fortunate. I've played there three times, I've managed there. It's an unbelievable yeah. day. And I want the, I'd love these people and this club to, to experience it. And I'm just trying to point it out. I know it's easy to say, and people will definitely have half an eye on the other game. Of course they will, it's only natural. It's our job to keep reminding them about what could be possible. So, and we, we yeah. have done and we've come through it. Maidstone are travelling to take on Blackpool in the FA Cup this weekend. And finally, Charlton have now gone six games without a win after losing to Luton Town. They were beaten 2-1 away from home last night. They've slipped down to 14th in the championship table. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.